Chris, we've always talked about this is one of our favorite times of the year, October. We got playoff baseball. It's Halloween time. Basketball's back. Football, college, and pro are in full effect. But I think the one thing we kind of undermined with this month is we've had some pretty awesome movies coming out over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been nice too with like the past couple, you know, the past year with everybody holding their shit until this year because of COVID. So I gotta say, man, Dune was fucking tight. Yeah, I'm gonna see it. Um, probably won't be able to until this weekend. Ooh, shit. Probably won't be able to until this weekend. Just have the busiest week of work ever. Sat, see it on see it. the biggest screen. Like, if you got IMAX near you, fork up extra for it. It was... 1,000%. It was awesome. Like, you're going to love yeah. it. Like, if you just want, like, it, it was, a, like, if you just want, like, an old school sci-fi movie that really, or, like, not... The way I've summarized it is, like, we've kind of lost what sci-fi is because of Marvel and Star Wars stuff kind of, like, diluting the system a lot. No, it's not a mm-hmm. bad thing because I love those movies, but it's, like, to kind of go back to what it's at. Look, Chris, let me be honest with you. I'm just trying to talk about this movie as much as possible because I am not looking forward to this World Series at all. And we are <laughs> back. Welcome to the Town Tailgate post-game edition. I am one of your hosts, Julio Reynoso. My man, Chris Magical. Producer extraordinaire. Uh, I finished, um, I'm sorry, you saw in there, it's a story. I finished uh, the Passion Play. It's pretty good. You're right. I think you definitely get like a bigger perspective of Russell Westbrook at the end of it. Um, and look, man, that that's the po- that was the point of the documentary was to show fans a different side of him that isn't portrayed by the media that has been dogging him for the past for most of his career because of you know he said he did two he made two bad mistakes at the beginning of his career he got upset about the media so he said something to them like the no I just don't like you and then. I forgot there was one other thing and it pissed off everybody in the media. So they've been painting him a certain way the rest of his career. Now, whether, you know, I've spent some time with him, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but he's not the person that I thought he was. I didn't like him before I met him. He's not that person. Um, and I've grown fond to him, but, uh, it, it, the, the movie does exactly what, what it needs to do. It shows you a side of him that, you never would see on TV on sports center or something like that. And you understand why he is the way he is a little bit more, if that makes sense. It's so why if he you, plays with passion. Exactly. And so if you guys are, are fans of basketball out there and you want to see a different side of Russell Westbrook that you haven't seen on that, you haven't seen on Cowherd and on, uh, and on all these other shows on and first take and all that stuff. Um, I would recommend watching it cause it, you know, get to see who he is, which is cool. Yeah, and you get to, you get, yep. it's a really cool uh, recap of his career too. Yeah, there's a lot of little things I loved. Uh, Nick Collison on there getting mm-hmm. in for an interview because that's kind of like uh, his jerseys retired in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like Collison's he was number. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, it was a good, uh, good like afternoon watch kind of thing or morning if you just kind of want want to like learn more about basketball, get you hyped up for the season. It's great. But Chris, this yeah. is a baseball podcast. We can talk about this all day. We can talk about movies. Uh, before we jump into this World Series, which is the Houston Astros against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, this is going to be the Astros' third World Series over the last five years after five straight ALCSs as well. 
this is going to be the Atlanta Braves' first World Series appearance since 1999, where they lost to the Yankees. And they have a chance to clinch their first World Series title since 1995, where they, they defeated the then Cleveland Indians. But before we go into there, I think we got to recap. Now Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, Cleveland Guardians. Guards! Uh, before we jump into this upcoming series, I think we definitely got to talk about um, these ALCS and NLCS. Because guess what, Chris? We are continually, continuously wrong about these yeah. series so far. We are yeah. one for six. The only one well, the we got was that, Dodgers. And the fact the, that we were so wrong about the AL, about the DLS, I think it was only obvious we were going to be wrong about the LCS because, yeah. It, yeah, it was a... Well, yeah, just don't listen to us. I hope if you were gambling those games, Chris, uh, you didn't really put too much investment in a series. I right. stayed away from it. But also, to be fair, my prediction about the Red Sox wasn't necessarily a prediction. It was like I said that it was just like I hate the Astros so much that I can't pick them in a pick em. Like I just couldn't do it. Well, let's talk about these Red Sox. So it was it, heavily lost- emotionally invest, uh, uh, um, influenced. No, you know, absolutely. I think that's yeah. everybody's logic besides our guys over at the four train who are like hard rooting, rooting for the Astros, which whatever. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. But it's like, this is one of those things where I'm like, if it was like Astros Giants, I would have root for the Giants. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But let's recap the series real quick. Uh, the Astros won in six games over the Boston Red Sox. Your MVP of the series was... Jordan Alvarez, the DH extraordinaire, uh, tell of two series within this one. Boston yeah, the, looked like they were going to run away with it, and then yeah. gone, gone. The, I was going to say the Astros came back from a two to one deficit, which was pretty impressive, and they won three straight games in a row in order to close it out. I mean, they they barely won the first game. Um, Boston dominated game two and game three, and then it was just a shit show by Boston ever after that. They Left runners on base regularly. Um, the at bats that they relied on and came that heavily that you know did so well for them in in the wild card and the DLS did not show up. Um, but to be honest, I mean we all knew that they were on borrowed time. This team was not as talented as as the Astros. They weren't as talented as the Yankees. They weren't as talented as uh, uh, the White Sox. Like we knew that they were on borrowed time. If they were going to make it to the World Series, that would have been you know that would have been extraordinary for the Red Sox. They probably wouldn't have won it. They probably would have got whooped either way, but they were on borrowed time. That's a good point. Um, a lot of the preseason projections have them at like 82 wins over under pretty much from there. And they've definitely exceeded the expectations. They look like the best team in baseball at some points throughout the season. It's just like injuries started piling up. They had a ton of COVID cases. Their rotation really kind of faltered. Even um, you know, I just want to say, too, and we're going to talk about this more at this Dodger series. S- managers, stop putting your starters in for relief because most of the time it's not going to work. Case in point, Nathan Ivaldi came in and was that game six, I believe, or game mm-hmm. five. And we're like, all right, cool. Boston's here to play. They had what? the lead, dude. They and had the fucking lead. And he blew in. This is a guy who's become a postseason pitcher. Uh, thanks to 2018 and what he did during the wild card game. But it's just like Alex Correa looked like he was managing such a good playoff run. And mm-hmm. then things kind of faltered. There was that. And then of course, when um, 
Eduardo Rodriguez struck out Correa and he did the Correa time thing to him. And Cora got pissed at him. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, I don't, look, he's not a boomer. But that is a very boomer thing to get pissed off of one of your own players for kind of celebrating a little bit like that. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that that even happened. Um, so it was game four. They had a 2-0 to zero lead and they blew it. Ivaldi came in and he gave up like five rounds or something like that they eventually won nine to two but it was it was like i mean dude you had the series in your hand right there you could have gone up three to three to three to one and you just completely blew it and then you blew the the whole series as a whole after that and another thing and and, you know i'm 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 getting ahead of myself but it it also affects the the other lcs series it exhausts the pitchers to where they can't start their scheduled start anymore Look at what happened with Scherzer. Like he pit, he he closed out. Was that game three? And he had a dead arm for the next five days. Like he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to pitch in that game. And you and, and I don't know. It just anyway. They did it um, in this one. I will say though, the the Red Sox look very promising for the future. Uh, Ivaldi looks like he's got it back. Sale looks like just like he's back to form from that injury. Looks like he hasn't missed a step at all. Um, except for obviously game five, but you know that happens. Um, they have a good, interesting core to build around. Obviously, they have the the left side of their infield, which is potentially one of the best left sides of the infield in baseball. Endeavors and and Bogarts. Um, they I really like their outfield. I think it's really underwhelming because it's just three solid guys who do it on both ends of the of uh, of the field. Underwhelming um, or like uh, underrated? Underrated. Sorry. Did yeah, I say yeah, underwhelming? yeah. 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 I was like, no, they're good. <laughs> underrated. Sorry. But, um, you know, they need to figure out this first base situation. Like, Schwarber was great for half the season for what they were, but he made some major errors in this in this series that, like, are pretty un- unacceptable. And I think there's going to be some big questions about the pen going to the yeah. offseason. Like, Matt Barnes was an all-star this year, and then second half, he just flew off a cliff. We didn't really see him much. Yeah. I, I, It'll be interesting where this team's gonna go because, like, like a lot of those guys, core guys are gonna be back. Uh, will Kike can he sustain re, like sustain this over a one sixty two? He's been kind of known to be a streaky guy like that. Who knows? Kike's the man, though, dude. He, yeah. He's just so much fun to watch. Uh, the one thing that was kind of the most mind blowing about this series was Game Five, the Chris Sale where he kind of shit the bed. Mm. Uh, that was the only game where both starters went at least five innings. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And huh. uh, to kind of, uh, before we switch over to this next series with the Astros, look, man, I think a big part of the reason I thought this series is over was Lance McCullers didn't even pitch. He's mm-hmm. out all this, po- he's out, he's going to be out for the World Series as well. He's been he's injured been their prone his like, whole pitcher. fucking career, dude. Yeah. No, he's, That's uh, he's, he's what, uh, Charles Barkley calls AD. He's street clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> street clothes Dude, McCullers, and, which is crazy to think because remember the World Series where he it was after Game Six he's he's out uh, out in the outfield like like playing uh, playing long toss and like the uh, Alex Rodriguez and and everybody on the Fox set it, like looks back and like what the fuck is going on the pitcher who's scheduled to pitch tomorrow is out warming up at the end of the game I've never seen this before um, and you know it kind of like blew up after that like in terms of popularity because everybody like they looked at his stats and like wow he had a really good season like this is a young upcoming pitcher but he's been pretty much more he's been pretty much hurt ever since then so like yeah i don't know 
It's it's interesting, but yeah. Anyway, he didn't pitch the series, so I think it proves our point again. It didn't matter though because this this freaking offense just doesn't relax. Yeah, it just some it. It's getting to the point now where it feels like everything's kind of inevitable. These last couple of years have been pretty shitty, and there's like no way to put a cherry on top than Astros World Series win. But the only know, do you think? But do you think they have the pitching to go up against the Braves, who have amazing starting pitching? That's kind of what won them that series. Which I keep stepping a, a, ahead of us ourselves, but like, I was gonna question. say, I think that's a fantastic transition because I I can't really think of anything else besides uh, Dusty Baker's going back to the World Series. He's gonna be one of the only uh, handful of managers that don't have the number in front of me who've taken teams to the World Series in the AL and the NL. So. Good for you, Dusty. His but, guys yeah. love it too. Do you see, like, as soon as he won, they all just like attacked him and dug out. I thought that was cool. Uh, Dude, he's cool as shit. It just sucks that it's it's got to be this team. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Let's let's segue over to the, the next series. So, I thought it was fascinating, and um, this LA Dodgers writer came on Dan Patch Day and kind of said something like this. So the the Dodgers went into the to spring training with um too many starters and the big storyline around spring training for them was like are they gonna have enough games for these guys to pitch how the guys who don't make the rotation how are they going to utilize them um are we going to see them in a big league uniform and then we come to playoff time and they can only get they only have three starters left like just injuries and just i mean random flukes like the whole trevor bauer thing just kind of ran through their rotation and they really only had three guys that they could trust to start these these games when that's just like kind of mind-blowing just that just kind of shows one how long the season is but two like just how tough it is to really get the core starters that you need in order to make a long playoff run yeah because if you think about it what uh, of all the starting rotation guys from the beginning of the year, the only two who are still there were Bueller and Urias. And, uh, Urias. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kershaw out, Bauer, yeah. shithead, uh, Dustin May, Tommy John. Yeah. Um, Tony Gonsolin was hurt most of the season. David Price was hurt. Yeah. It, it, everything just kind of a combination Price of was that. Also, just kind of like unreliable too. Like that's true. You know. Yeah. It was a combination of that and just. There was kind of some moments that with this offense throughout the season, they are as star like as a star set as they are, as potent as they out deep that they can be. They're pretty inconsistent for a lot of the times throughout the season. Um, we yeah. saw like during the the couple Giants series in the regular season that the Giants would just, pitching would just shut them down. So it, they've just been known to do that. Uh, Cody Bellinger stepping up though, that was great to see. I think everybody yeah. was kind of rooting for him to kind of pull up there. Chris Taylor is a free agent pending, and that dude is going to get paid. I don't know if he'll be with the Dodgers or not. So uh, is Corey Seager. Yeah, and I think that was another thing. And Corey Post- Seager's manager is uh, or um, agent is Scott Boris, so he's probably going to get around thirty, you know, thirty million a year plus, probably and the, in the hundred million dollar range. The other thing too is this Dodgers team. There's a good chance that like, uh, you know. Not that the sky is falling with them, but they're saying like 
a lot of these guys are going to be gone next year. Like, there's a good mm-hmm. chance, you know, Scherz is a free agent. Corey Taylor, or Chris Taylor, Corey Seager, Justin Turner. Shit, that guy's going to be 37. There's a chance he might retire. Yeah. Like, I don't think he will. He had a fine season still, but mm-hmm. um, we didn't. Clayton Kershaw's arm is just, you know, what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, this, is Max Muncy contract? Is this contract coming up soon? I wonder, uh, let me see. I, I think um, I would imagine he is. I don't think he signed anything with the Dodgers recently, but man, they could have used him in that series also. Oh way. yeah, big time. Um, He's been their most reliable hitter all season. Um, yeah, and and it's also interesting because they signed a lot of bad contracts over the past year, a few years, and they spent a lot of money. Like AJ Pollock, they made it. They said they paid him a shit ton of money, and he's been a, a role player. Pretty disappointing. A- AJ Pollock is their Andrew Wiggins, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's good for what he does. I think he's definitely an everyday starter. He's not worth what you're paying him, though. Yeah, and they didn't re-sign guys, and they spent that money instead of re-signing guys like Kike or or Jock or you know goes down the list. And it's interesting because they had they still had some depth this season, but it wasn't quite the depth that they need. And their payroll is kind of all over the place. They're they're also having having to pay Tony or not Tony David Price. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I don't I, they don't really need Seager because they have Justin Turner. They could probably fill that second base spot. So I would or imagine Trey Corey's... Turner that will just slide over to second. That oh, actually, you just reminded Didn't I me too. Say that I just said the Trey. Turner. You said Justin Turner, which it's okay. Oh, Turner, sorry. there's two Turners, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. But um, Trey Turner just did not look comfortable playing second throughout the whole postseason. I felt like there was multiple times where yeah, balls. He was kind of underestimating where balls were going to go, and they would just kind of go up the middle, and he'd miss it. Yeah. Or just, like, just positioning, and he would just get it wrong. Because at the end of the day, the first two games the Braves won were walk-offs. Like, yeah. both those games flip easily, and I think you, you know, the Dodgers would be the team in the World Series, but... Yeah, Ron Darling was saying that on the broadcast. He he said, uh, for how seamless Trey Turner looks over at short, he just looks so uncomfortable at second. It's it's gonna be a pretty interesting offseason. There definitely won't be quiet because it's the Dodgers and they're gonna make those moves. But I just but I just don't know like I just don't know what moves they make. Like yeah, like I said, like Trey Turner's gonna play short. Corey Seager's probably gonna go play somewhere else. Um, I don't know about Max Muncy. I have to I have to look at it. Well, they still have Will Smith, who's who's on a rookie contract. He's gonna be there for a while. Who's also very good. I don't know. Bellinger's <clears> gonna be there for a while. They still have Mookie. Like. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be as good. I don't. But then they're gonna get Dustin May back, and they're gonna get like Kershaw back. I don't know, man. I mean, Gavin Lux will probably become like this everyday second baseman. Yeah, and he's he played really well this play this playoffs. I don't know, man. I think they're fine, but they're it's just not gonna be the same names. Besides, you know, Turner, Muncy, and Bellinger, Bellinger and Mookie will be there, but I don't know. I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. It'll just it all will depend on what the Giants are going to do. If the Giants are going to be like, "Cool, we're opening the checkbook. Let's make our moves. This is our time now." Then mm-hmm. we'll see. But I was talking knows. to a friend about that the other day, and I was like, "I feel like you." I was telling him, "I like I feel like it's a no-brainer. You guys will definitely resign Chris Bryant." And, he's, and he goes, "Well, yeah. I hope only if it's at the right price." I'm like, "What the fuck do you care? It's not your money, and you're the Giants. You have the money. You guys are one of the richest baseball teams in the league. Like." Just fucking write them the check. It's a, do do what the Dodgers have been doing. 
I guess it didn't really work out for the Dodgers though, because they only won one World Series in a six-game season. But still, like, like what the fuck do you care? You want him back? Like, just get him back. Like, what? Where are you gonna use that money elsewhere? Oh, they're gonna sign Lamont Wade to a ten-year contract. You didn't hear? Lamont Wade is going to be. Uh... He's great, but is he worth that? <laughs> no, I was kidding. Yeah. But I think before we we actually talk about this World Series, the Braves. Uh, yeah. They won this in six games. Uh, Eddie Rosario, a player who here's my conspiracy theory. Here's my tin foil hat, and a lot of people have been saying this. Eddie Rosario is traded for Pablo Sandoval. They sent her to Cleveland for Eddie Rosario. I think this is open your third eye. I think this was the Giants in the background all along because he went on an absolute tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw. I wish I had the the, the tweet in front of me, but. The Braves at post their all their uh, deadline moves have like an insanely high winning percentage that they just yeah. figured it out. This front office just really <clears throat> killed it. Brian Snicker did a fantastic job managing throughout this series. Remember and- I texted you game one of their ALDS game. Damn, the Braves are sneaky stacked. Like, like, cause they like they showed their their lineup like uh at the beginning like the one of the first innings when when they're stepping up the bat and I was like, damn I forgot that they have a whole new outfield after the trade deadline. They're very much like this the Nationals a couple years ago, man. Yeah, it's like you know Rendon was at third and Trey at set a short and then uh was Ryan Zimmerman playing first during that run, but then like Adam kind of. Soto I think split time. But like that, that middle, that infield is the best in baseball. They have all those guys finally came along. Uh, Freddie Freeman. You think so? You called the best in baseball. Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, Dansby Swanson's the only one I, I would I would think low. But he did have a, a huge. Dude, Fred Dansby Swanson. Or uh, Dansby is pretty good. I'd say he's he's and he's uh, lights out defensively. But yeah. I, all right, let's play the. Um, uh, I'll play a quick game for you. I'm just going to name some names. You're going to tell me who would you rather have. All right. All right. Dansby Swanson or Glaber Torres? Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson, Francisco Lindor. Francisco Lindor. Dansby Swanson or Elvis Andrews. <laughs> I think that answers itself. <laughs> Uh, Dansby Swanson or uh, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. He's uh, the best baseball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll do one more. Dansby Swanson or who's a Cardinal shortstop again? Paul DeYoung. Yeah, easily Dansby Swanson. Right, yeah. So he's not. He's not a top. I don't think he's a top five shortstop. No. But like. No. It. No. it but like he's. If he top has half. another year like top this half, next year, yeah. yeah, top he's definitely a top ten. Um, but like Austin Riley is probably going to be like a top five MVP. Oh yeah, this yeah, year. he's MVP candidate, and Ozzy Albies is probably the second best second baseman in baseball besides Marcus Simeon, and then Freddie Freeman's a perennial MVP candidate. I I hear you, but I just I don't know. I'd have to do more research. And then just this rotation, man. Um, 
And That's what won it, dude. It came down to the rotation, and and the Braves have a better rotation. It's young, it's ta- it's extremely talented, and 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 Charlie Morton's up there at the top, anchoring it. And it's it's an old school type of playoff rotation where you got the old the old gun kind of on his last couple legs, leading the leading the pack, and then a bunch of just young studs that are huge up and coming. Some of them are, I mean, you know, like Ian Anderson's kind of already came but still like it's just you know it's just these young studs that 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 really show off their talent um you know in these big games like kind of like a kind of like a 2015 Mets rotation yeah that's a good that's a really good comparison um where like uh not different age range but like Morton would be the equivalent of like Matt Harvey that year we're like we knew who Matt Harvey was he was super established all this, but like we didn't really know a lot about Degrom at that point, and yeah. Syndergaard just had his long hair and shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's oh, yeah. a fantastic comp. Stephen Matz, I think, was part of that rotation too. Was it Stephen? Yeah, Matz or Stephen. Was it? Uh, yeah. He's like a four or five guy that year. Yeah. We well, so we got to give a, a quick shout out to uh, former Oakland great Jesse Chavez. Dude, I don't think a lot of people knew who was still pitching. I was kind of thrown. I, I that was tight. He yeah he. Looked good. He was a start. He was the opener for one of the games, um, and now he has a chance to go get a ring. Man, it's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, you know, Chris, take it from here. Go open to this. Go through kind of your initial thoughts of this matchup. And while you do, I'm going to look up some of these uh, former Oakland greats for both teams, so everybody can okay. read for. Okay. Um, my initial thoughts are. You could say what you want about the Astros offense. You know, you could tell me I'm full of shit. Um, those listening, like, it's not about pitching anymore. Don't give me the whole starting rotation, blah, blah, blah thing. But, like, at the end of the day, every championship team we've seen in the past, I mean, God, a long time for, you know, at least 10 years, the ground, I mean, what's grounded them and led them to a championship has been their starting pitching. And the Astros do not have that. And this is going to be probably the best rotation they're going to go up against um, in the playoffs so far. You know, say what you want about um, the White Sox in general roster, but their starting pitching was not quite up to par to what, um, to, uh, to what, uh, uh, why am I totally blanking? To what, uh, uh, it was supposed to be. Sorry. I don't know. That was really weird. Um, same thing in the second round. I mean, the Red Sox, we said it from the beginning of the playoffs that their rotation was not quite there. It just kind of felt like it was Evaldi and a, a bunch of random people. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they quite have the offensive juggernaut power, um, to go up against this extremely talented young rotation. Um, and they're like dogs up there, dude. Like Max Freed looks pissed off. The entire time he's pitching, like he, like they are zoned in. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I maybe you could make the argument that Charlie Morton, they know him, they're familiar with him, so maybe they'll have an advantage against him. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird. It's weird. Yeah. It again the, to kind of go back to twenty nineteen, very much kind of the same buildup. You got, uh, you know, well the twenty nineteen World Series. 
the Nats had all the experience in the world in the rotation when it was yeah. Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin leading it off. And I think like uh, one of the, which one of the Ross brothers was on the Nats at that time was mm. like coming in and starting. Uh, there's a lot of really kind of undertelling storylines. So like I mentioned earlier, Dusty Baker is the second manager to um, go to the world series in both leagues. Mm-hmm. And then he got his, I think his first career home run or something like that. I can't remember what it was. As a major leaguer was with the Braves against the Astros. Yeah. And now he's coaching for baseball's weird. It's crazy. Baseball's a circle. You're eventually going to go back to where it's at. Um, I think this series is, and then I think what makes the Braves kind of special too is like we, you talked about the pitching component, but like they can, if you're going to make this a slugfest, they'll keep up with you too. We saw throughout yeah. this last couple of weeks with the Dodgers, they were throwing up nine run games too. Dude, and then again, like like I said, like I said at the top when we talked about the LCS, they're like sneaky stacked. So it's like this Astros offense, it's great. I'm sure that's going to be the storyline. I'm sure a lot of people are picking them. I don't have the odds up right now for Vegas, but I guarantee they're the favorite. Probably a lot of people, a lot of Vegas money is going towards Houston, but like. I don't know, man. You look at their batting order, and you're like, man, like there's not really any breaks here. Like there are no breaks in the, for the Astros, but the Astros just have a way better rotation. Now I don't know enough about the bullpens. I don't think I've seen enough from the two bullpens to really like judge that. That's the one thing that I think is a bigger question mark for me. I mean, we saw some pretty good work coming out for the Braves. Will Smith had a good CS. Um, Tyler Matzik went viral for just getting super pumped and he got that like mm-hmm. one of his last outs the other yeah. night. Uh, I think with both, it's going to be kind of a toss up, even though Kendall Graveman has really was a huge revelation this year. Uh, so to kind of, that's going to be kind of a IP difference maker, yeah. but it's going to be who's going to have the most what? gas at the end of it. Yeah. 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 And the other thing about this, the Braves offense, I, I didn't really think about it until I was looking up the lineup right now. Dude, not only is it deep, but there's a lot, a little bit of everything with this lineup. Do you need a lefty hitter? Do you need some switch hitters? Do you need a rider? Do you need a righty bat, power bat? You know, lefty power bat. Like, cool. We could, they can just, they have so many pieces right now that they can kind of dink and dunk whoever they want to be in there. Um, man, this is, this is actually, you know, now that we're actually talking about it and I'm looking at it, I think this is actually going to get a, a much better matchup than people are going to be. I think it's just the um, the disappointment that it's the Astros again with like the, I think for a lot of people, the Braves have just been, and I think us too. I think I'll, I'll kind of own some of my own statements I made throughout the season about this team where I kind of just written them off. I wasn't really too attentive, like who was pitching and stuff at that moment. But the Braves are for real, man. I think it's yeah. time. There, there, there's a reason why they're here. There's a reason why they took down our Brewers and the Dodgers because, like, I think they're actually a super talented team. Yeah, I mean, the reason why their record wasn't was the worst in of the playoff teams going in. I mean, they lost their best player. Like, I mean, that's a tough that's tough a uh, situation to try and figure out. And they figured it out and they played really well the second half. How do you think they use the DH? That's a good question. Yeah. Um. Jocker, Jocker Arcia, maybe. Uh, maybe Duvall. Duvall. Well, Duvall. Even though he's been playing center. center. 
yeah. which has been that's how I can tell there's some weird trick going on. The fact that Adam Duvall's consistently playing center and he's actually doing a solid job, like okay, there's yeah, he looks something's good out going there. on. Yeah. I was even if you think Jorge Soler's back, uh, he was on the COVID IL. Oh so yeah, but he's he, got an I arm think, though. He's got an arm though. I don't know if you want to take him out of right field. Yeah, you know what? Now that I'm looking at their ages too, they're with like the the Astros. It's obvious you'll see like, oh yeah, Jordan's not a great outfielder. He's gonna be the, he's the guy who's gonna be in there. But with like the Braves, they're, all these guys are pretty young. Like their mm. oldest player is Duvall, and he's 33. Or he's yeah, yeah he just turned 33. So he's 31. Uh, and oh, no, 33. I, he's older than you. I don't know. I'm tripping. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. We all we all trip. So look, we we had to deal with the bad Monday night football game. I think we're all like recollecting our yeah. Self. That game sucked. I didn't watch. I just I caught up on Bachelor. You, you which, watched? Oh, nice. Yeah, which we'll we'll talk afterwards. I'm kind of getting over it, but besides the point, <laughs> um, our former open greats, guys, you want to root for? Keep an eye on. Uh, we already mentioned Jesse Chavez, who's actually been playing a pretty significant role throughout the postseason for the Braves. If you want a little storyline out there for us. And uh, he is not on the roster. He will not be playing. But I'm pretty sure he'll still be getting a ring. Our dude. I believe in Steven Vogue. He will get a ring if the Braves win. So that's a big guy. Two big guys we got to root for there. Oh, he didn't make the roster either? I saw him in the dugout. Uh, well, he's hurt. I guess they're still allowed to. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's he uh, had like a pretty gnarly collision at the play over the summer. Yeah, and, that's right. um, Right. Yeah, that's what happened there. And then for the Astros, it's it's just Kendall Graveman. Yeah, who, I was going to say, just Kendall Graveman probably, right? Yeah, I'll look at the the 40-man, see if there's anybody I'm missing. But, yeah, not much you can really root for with these guys. So uh, Here you go, more reason them. to say fuck the Astros. All right, Chris. Three reasons, folks. Only one Oakland A. They cheated, obviously, in same division. So, Braves. Four. Texas sucks. Yeah, I mean, who likes Texas? Yeah, I, I want to go to Texas. Austin. I want to go to San Antonio. That's about it. I have no desire. Alrighty, Chris, who is your, would you say, is your X-Factor player for mm. the Houston Astros? Who can you see coming up? And not many people have been talking about him, but then saying, oh, hey, look, this guy just came along and had a big series. Oh my god! I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't. I oh, I hate them so much. Yuli Gurriel, I'm gonna say, because he's kind of like the leader of the team, uh, alongside Jose Altuve. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. They were out. He kind of like, he comes up big in big moments. I think he's gonna be important in this series. Uh, despite how much I dislike him. Uh, this goes for honestly for a lot of these Astros or just the four guys yeah. who are still there. Um, I think the one player we've kind of forgot about is because and because he was hurt was Alex Bregman. So I'm gonna go with him with this he one. He doesn't I think. look great though, man. <sighs> yeah, but he's just one of those guys. It's just like, despite his picture on uh, MLB.com looking like he is just. Doesn't look happy to be here. Just like, oh, okay. Kind of one of those things. Anyways, um, he he's still a clutch player. That's the thing about a lot of these Astros, and that's the reason why they've been contending 
for all these years is even if these guys are down, even if they look at last year, they were terrible for most of the season. They were hurt. But guess what? They're big game guys. They know how to yeah. do it in those moments, and that's what Dude, makes them Correa so Dude, Correa specifically in these playoffs has been he's a, has been that guy, and I hate him so much, but he's been that dude. He's just a, he's a super villain at this point, dude. He's yeah. I, I just really don't. He's like definitely him, but... the, he's definitely the the X factor for them. But I think who will surprise you? That that was the question, right? Yeah. So yeah. you got Guriel, I got Bregman. Now, Guriel's like sneaky clutch. Like you kind of forget about it the next day, and you're like, "Oh, that's right, he's the one who scored the go-ahead run, or he's the one who hit that, or yeah, yeah, earned that, or scored, yeah, scored the go-ahead run." Wow, Clippers beating the shit out of the Blazers. What anyway, was the final? It's one thirteen to one to eighty-one, but it's one minute left. Anyway, jeez. Oh, who? Um. So same thing for the um Braves. Yeah. Who you got? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Max Freed. Yeah. Like I said earlier, he looks like he's just pissed off all the time, and I think that he's gonna go like seven plus innings the two games that he pitches, because I think this will go seven. I like it. I like it a lot. Um... He would pitch game. Oh no, he pitches. He's he's been the second game, huh? He's been like their two guy. Anderson's going uh, Morin, yeah. going game one, and then and then but typically it's been it's been Max Freed after that, right? Anderson's been the third, I want to say. So even uh, even if it goes six, he'll pitch twice. I'm going to go with uh, arguably I think one of the most underrated catchers in baseball. Now that I'm actually looking him up a little more, hmm. Travis Darno. Yeah, he's been. I was thinking he, about him too. Yeah, he's had a, a kind of underwhelming postseason offensively, but mm-hmm. I think what he's been able to do behind the plate with, uh, again, kind of steering a lot of these young guys with Ian Anderson, Max Freed, and then just Charlie Morton, you know, speaking of kind of like guys who've been able to create their own nar- narrative of being a postseason pitchers, he, he's big time one of them. So yeah, it's going to be gonna be a good one i'm trying to pull up the the matchups right in front of us to make sure see what we have uh, um see. but uh watching max freed i just want to say real quick watching max freed go from his his fastball that's like almost 100 miles per hour to his fucking curveball that just fucking dips at like fucking high 70s like it's just insane the just uh, the speed change in in his in his pitches that God, I don't, I, I get why people are just completely thrown off by his stuff, dude. It's fucking wild. Anyway, um, I mean the only, I looked it up earlier. I mean the only, uh, the only scheduled starters are game one. So, oh, managers just always try to be cute. Old fucks. So, uh, Framber Valdez will be starting game one for the Astros. Yeah. Um, as we expected, I think. <laughs> And but, but the rest of the series, uh, it's this young prospect named TBD who, uh, you know, watch out for TBD. They're really going to come up. Chris, it's now the time. Give me your World Series prediction and your World Series MVP. 
Uh, I mean, I think I've been hitting at who it is. And it's going to, I think, the Braves, because I think that their offense can go toe to toe with the Astros. I don't know if it can necessarily match it, but I do think that the pitching for the Braves is so much better. And it's so much better than anything that the Astros have seen this postseason that it's going to be fantastic point. It's going to be tough for them to try and scrap together runs uh, where the Braves have all that, that clutchness in there or just talent in their lineup. Not, I wouldn't necessarily say pop, but talent in their lineup to scrap together runs all game long. You know, they're the type of team that like they score like two runs in the second a run in the fourth, a run in the fifth, a run in the sixth, two runs in the seventh. Like they just they keep going at that's not they're not like they're not like the Astros where it's like in the third inning they score four runs. And then in in the in the eighth inning they score three more. Like it's not like they just have these big innings. Like they just they consistently grind at you all game long. So them and then uh oh sorry, the MVP. Um Oh, and how many games? Braves and how many? In seven games. Um, my MVP is going to be, I want to pick a pitcher because I've been deep throating their pitchers all game. Um, but I want, I think it's going to be Ozzy Albies because I think he'll do it on both sides of the ball and he's Ozzy Albies. He's kind of like Freddie Freeman. It's kind of like faded into the mist. It feels like this season. Ozzy Albies is kind of like taking over as their, like their interim star until Oz- uh, Acuna comes back. It's Acuna, Acuna, yeah. Acuna. All right, so who do you I got? Ho- I was hoping you were going to say Jesse Chavez. World Series Jesse MVP. Chavez, baby. <clears throat> He's got to pitch in every single game. You know, we've been wrong for everything, and I'm hoping I'm st- that trend continues. Mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, these guys have been through these situations. They know how how to navigate these kind of tough waters. Even if their pitchers are out, this offense will still come through. Um, and I'm just really hate that. I'm going to say that I think it's going to be the Astros in six. Yeah. I, I mean, that's fair. The, the, the offense is something that you can't under, I mean, the experience is something you can't underestimate that they, they've been there. They've been yeah. here three times in the past five years. Yeah. It's three times in the past five years. Uh, Five consecutive ALCS's appearance. Uh, this yeah. might be Correa's last ride with the team. I'm sure they were kind of hoping for the same thing last year with Springer before he dipped over to Toronto. Um, but it, it's it's to the point that, like, I don't know how long their starters are going to go. I don't know if they're going to be sustainable. I don't know if this trend of guys not even going five innings throughout the ALCS is going to continue. But I think one thing that will really carry over for them is I think their bullpen's actually kind of underrated. We talk, I talked about Kendall Graveman for a second. Ryan Pressing's been really good throughout the season. Um, Ryan Stanek, another guy. But do they have really the stamina to last seven more games? <sighs> yeah, that's true. Or it's, four more wins. That's a, they've, been, you, they, they've, you, been, they've been overworked the past two series because of their starters haven't been playing very well. This, this is probably the most exhausted bullpen um, that could have went into this game of the four teams that, that played. Which will go along with my MVP prediction, and it's going to be Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia, a potential rookie oh, of the actually, year for the yeah. American League. Uh, he was the one who went up against 
Uh, Chris Sale in game five, he went five innings. You know, things kind of went AWOL yeah. from there. Uh, but if if this team, if the pitching wants to do enough, then he's going to be the guy to be a part of it because, like, there's just no Lance McCullers. Mm. Um, Zach Granke, he's on the roster, but we don't know what's going on with his back. It's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. Uh, Framber Valdez has been, he has been kind of, again, consistent throughout the year. But I think if they really want to go over the top, they just need somebody who kind of surprised everybody. And yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if this is the guy who does it, who had a uh, real quick, he's had a great rookie year. Uh, he went 11 and 8, 3.48 ERA. And he could be the guy bringing it back to Houston. But I hope to God I'm wrong because <laughs> that's just a terrible thing for baseball. Oh, fun tidbit. Uh, sorry, one more. Gr- oh, former Oakland great. Uh, Ron Washington, Braves. Oh, duh. Oh, I'm so. I feel so stupid. He's at the top of the cards for like a lot of people for um, new managers next year too. I would expect him to be managing a team next year. Just. I think Dusty Baker was on the A's for a hot minute too, like as a player in the '80s. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the Oakland Athletics, 1985 to 86. Dusty Baker, a uh, un, um, a rare um, good player, good manager. You don't typically find that. Normally, good managers were that rode the bench most of their career. Who would you say is the best good player, good manager ever? Uh, Off the top of your head. Uh, yeah, it's easy. It's a uh, um, Yankees manager. Um, Former Yankees manager. Joe Torre? Joe Torre, yeah. That's a good one. Easy. I was, easy I was also going to say Yogi Berra. I don't think Yogi had – I mean, he, he had a some success. I don't think he was that successful. I'm, I'm pretty um, sure he won a World Casey, Series, but during Casey that time, Stengel, you just walk into Casey a World Stengel, Series with the Yankees. Casey Stengel managed all those teams in the 50s and 60s that won, that won World Series, and then John McGraw coached the, the, the 20s teams, and those were the ones that – had most of those World Series, and then Billy Martin was the '70s championships. Right, I'm trying to look. '72. Nope. Yeah, I think you're probably right, Joe Torre. Well, that's a that's a conversation. That's a very good offseason conversation of like some of the best. Oh yeah, player man. Oh oh shit, Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. Oh was yeah, a, it's probably Frank Robinson. I don't yeah, know if he ever won World Series as a manager though. Let's do. It. I don't think he did. He well, he so he was with the Nationals. Yeah, uh, Nationals slash Expos. He, he Indians, won, Giants, won the Expos, Orioles, the Nationals, Nats. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he. No, he never. Joe won Torre as a had manager. had success in both ends. He won World Series as a player and a and a and a, a coach. And he was and a, he was an MVP too. Yeah, he was a multi-time All Star. Yeah. Don Mattingly, no World Series championship though. And no for neither. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Woo. Um. All right. Those are our picks. Um. We're still working on the the um Ray Fossey pod. We're collecting some um feedback from some friends. Uh, this has slowly turned into a project, and honestly, I kind of like it more like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Yeah, um, we, we want that to mean something when we post it up. So that's why we're doing this. Um, otherwise, we would have just put up our thoughts. But we don't. We think that um, Ray deserves more than that. So that's why we're doing that. Um, 
cool, Julio. Any, uh, any last uh, last things? Around the diamond, our boys over there, they're going to be busy throughout the postseason or throughout the World Series. Make sure you give them a follow. They've been putting out some good stuff out there. Um, just make sure you give them a follow. And, of course, on Twitter, we'll be talking throughout the games. Might be some games more than less. I'm going to Strokes on Wednesday night, so nice. I will not be doing Anyway. Yeah. So I will not be tweeting throughout that game. Uh, but it's been a fun ride. We made it through. Well, let's well, let's let this series record. Then we'll really sign off for the actual season. But it's, yeah. been, a, it's been a good one. Uh, you got anything to plug over there? Make sure to keep stream, get the streaming numbers up for uh, Passion Play. Yeah, yeah, true. Not Passion Pit, Passion Play. Uh, Man in the Arena comes out next month. Ooh, Tom, what's Tom that? Brady docu- the Tom Brady Ooh. documentary on ESPN. So take a, take a look. ESPN or ESPN Plus? Um, ESPN Plus. So keep a lookout for that. You'll see my name in those credits as well. So, yeah. Did you see Tom Brady gave that guy, he said on the Manning cast, he's going to give him a Bitcoin? Yeah, that's badass. You could give him like five Bitcoin. Come on, Tom. He could, but I, I bet you he's not the one giving him the Bitcoin. It's his, the crypto company that he sponsors is going to give him a Bitcoin probably. Yeah. All right, Chris. Until next time, let's help for a fun, entertaining World Series. And even Seven though, games, please. Yep, and even though they're not there. More baseball, there, more fun. Always and forever. Let's go Oakland. Woo! The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by... Once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.